welcome to the Parker J. Cole Show. I am your host, the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition. Today, we'll be talking to my returning guest co-host and contributor today, George Milton. You may remember him from the very first time we had him on PJC Media when we talked about his book, Failure is Not the Problem, It's the Beginning to Your Success. And I thoroughly enjoyed having him on my show that he has been on here about three or four times now. And he's back again to give us some encouragement, some insights, and some tools for you to use because failure is not the problem, it's your PTSD. PTSD, Parker, what in the world are you talking about? Well, we all know that the pandemic had a long-lasting effect on millions of people over the world. Depression increased, abuse increased, and all sorts of things happened, not to mention people getting sick and losing their loved ones to COVID. So you may be experiencing PTSD right this second, even though you may feel calm, you may be sitting in your chair watching TV and listening to this program. So we're here to tell you failure is not the problem, it's your PTSD. And we're going to help you guide your thoughts into understanding that failure is never a problem. If anything, it's the beginning of your success. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest co-host today, George Milton. George, how are you doing today? Arthur, doing really well, man. It's good to be back with you again. And it's good to have you back. As you already know, I thoroughly enjoy our conversations when we talk, and today isn't going to be any different. For that simple fact that there are so many people dealing with PTSD, dealing with depression, and they may feel like a failure. I remember when I first had you on my show, the whole idea of failure was to be avoided. It was do whatever you can to avoid being a failure. And this sort of goes into what I usually tell my guests to introduce themselves to our listeners, but I can do it for you because what you said was very memorable. You said from the time I was a young child till I got about your teens, you failed at everything. One of the things you said, and I didn't mean to laugh, but you said, I failed at kindergarten. <laughs> and you say, how do you feel at kindergarten? Don't you just have to be able to, you know, crack the crackers on the straight line? But you were just using the example to show that you are acquainted with failure. Things changed when you begin to understand that failure should not be avoided. If anything, it should be embraced. But I know there's more to it than that. So go ahead and tell us exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's really interesting to have this, uh, this topic, Parker. So thank you for, for being so. And as you, you mentioned, I mean, with this, uh, this COVID thing, it is just really, really, uh, you know, PTSD is, is off the charts. And one of the, the positives that's actually come out of this is that it's brought about some, some mental health issues awareness that a lot of folks just were not interested in talking about. So when I look at the failure piece and all the experiences that I actually had, parallels, and interesting that uh, we call, you know, we call it today, we call it, you know, post-traumatic stresses or, or PTSD for the acronym. But, you know, back in Vietnam, they called it shell shock. And during that time, you, it was just totally, totally not accepted at all. And uh, part of that was that the, the doctors and a lot of the you know, medical personnel failed at understanding what the diagnoses were to begin with. So just over, you know, a couple of generations, we are where we are today. And although time has, uh, you know, passed, there's still 
parallels or similarities in terms of how the people were treated then compared to how the people are treated today. And the issue at hand was one of stigma, right? So when we're dealing with the PTSD issue, the whole issue revolves around uh, stigma. Very similarly, when we deal with failure, the whole issue is not the failure, but the what stigma associated with. So the parallel is that what is PTSD or the failure piece, the issue or the commonality or the denominator is the stigma. You know, in the Army, we have all these acronyms, Parker, that we come up with, right? So when I was looking at not only the PTSD piece, I was looking at my background and my training, and I came up with an acronym for the stigma, right? And here's what stigma means to me from an acronym standpoint, is shameless thoughts, I give myself anxious, right? And that's what we do when we fail. That's what we do when we try to address the PTSD piece because we don't want to be associated with what? Whether it's PTSD or whether it's failure, we don't want to be associated with stigma. I think you brought out an interesting point when you mentioned about stigma because we want to avoid being different from everyone else. We don't want to stick out. I like your acronym. You said, shameless thoughts I give myself anxiously. That's the acronym for stigma. And I think some of our listeners can resonate with that because we don't want people to know I have this issue. But by embracing it, you can actually get help. That's why you say failure is not the problem. It's your PTSD. Now, once we acknowledge that we are hiding from stigma, not from PTSD, what are the next steps we should consider? Yeah, look, I, I think it is totally important that we realize that if we can learn how to accept, understand, and embrace that stigma, there's freedom, right? So in order to be able to get from where one is to where one is, you know, should be, got to really be able to understand, you know, accept and embrace the person that they are holistically, accept the diagnosis that actually comes along with it so that he or she can actually move on and become better. See, one of the things that I learned along the way, especially when it comes to, I mean, the PTSD piece, the failure piece, is that we all want to be free of that stigma, don't we? And in order to be able to be free of that, one has to be able to get on that path of freedom. And oftentimes, you know, people don't even know how to go about that. So it's important to be able to understand, accept, and embrace, you know, that diagnosis or whatever you want to call it, you know, whether it's the failure piece or the PTSD piece. And you're right, there is a process. This isn't like a one-shop, stop, quick fix kind of deal. You know, for some folks, it takes, you know, quite a bit of time to get there, but it's conditioning, right? So in the military, we have, what, two types of, well, multiple types of conditioning, but two of the primary conditions that we use to get ready to go to war is physical conditioning and mental conditioning. So in what we're talking about today is learning how to change your mindset to get from where you are to where you're supposed to be, Parker. That is the difficult part, is changing your mindset, particularly when you're used to thinking a certain way. I think the term is negative self-talk. Mm. And I know for a fact, being a creative, that I have frequent negative self-talk about myself mm. because I pour so much of my soul into my writing. And if I get someone who doesn't like it, then I'll say, well, I must be an awful writer because this one person didn't like my stuff. Mm. So. I can see how you can expand that to other areas of one's life. 
Now, let's talk about the pandemic for a moment, because the pandemic really changed our society. With that came a new shift in understanding. More people were at home. More people faced unemployment, loss of wealth, health, loved ones. And it really ripped, for here in the U.S., it really ripped apart the society. And now we're trying to crawl back from it. And I would think, in a sense, we also have societal PTSD. What do you think, as I posit this to you, is that the case? Can a group of people, like here in Michigan, I'm in Michigan, Can they have societal PTSD where it affects how our neighbors interact with each other? Yeah, when you said that, the term that came to mind is groupthink, right? So when I look at it from my background and my experience is if you have folks who are in combat and the platoon, let's say platoon, platoon, depending on, you know, what type of platoon it is, could be anywhere from, from 30 to 40 to 50 people. If those persons are experiencing the same types of attacks day in and day out for an extended period of time, well, absolutely, right? Now, the responses in the way in which they react to or relate to the PTSD itself may be different, but all of those persons within the confines of that group, it can be expected that they actually experience that PTSD because of that onslaught. So, yes, I think that what relates to individual versus group, yeah, I think there's uh, something to that when you look at it from that particular construct. You said something that, that, that's interesting to me. You said that um, uh, because of the pandemic, now we understand. Interesting, interesting, because when you said that, I thought, well, there's a difference between understanding and experiencing. We definitely experienced the pandemic. Time will tell whether or not we understood it. Very good point to bring out, George, and I'm glad that you caught that. I think when I said we understand, I think I'm referring to how much people actually need each other, that we are creatures created for community. And when that community was severely limited by isolation, Hmm. by restrictions, mandates, and we're not going to get into all that, but it was severely limited by these things, people realized that, oh, my gosh, I just want to go see my mom, and now I can't. Mm-hmm. And for me, before my grandmother passed away in November, I used to go see her at the nursing home all the time. Mm-hmm. Then I couldn't. And it was only Zoom and calling her on the phone that kept that bond there. I had a friend who lost their grandmother during the pandemic, very early on in the pandemic, and she had Alzheimer's. Three weeks after the isolation began, she passed away. And he said, I think it was because no one was coming to see her to keep her in the here and now that she further declined rapidly. I honestly don't know, but it lets us know what this pandemic did. Now, you mentioned a platoon, and all of you are fighting the same battle. But if you're isolated, you don't know that everyone is fighting the same battle. For Mm -hmm. me, and I've mentioned this before on the show, During 2020, I am a people person. So being locked up (laughs) was horrible. I remember I called my mother crying. I said, Mom, I want to talk to you. She said, you talk to Jesus. That's exactly what she said. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment where I had like this massive breakdown because I was so depressed because I didn't have anyone to talk to physically, not just on Mm -hmm. the phone, not just on the computer. 
I want to touch you and have a tactile interaction with you. And she said, talk to Jesus. And guess what? Me and Jesus talked a lot during that time. (laughs) But maybe I needed that. Maybe I needed to get closer to him. As one of my guests said about a year ago, he said, we'll never have this type of time to get closer to the Lord like we Mm. have now. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And thank you for catching that. Now, what are some of your other thoughts as we simmer on this topic about failure is not the problem, is your PTSD? What are some things that maybe those of us on the outside viewing our loved one, dealing with this, how can we be of assistance to them? Yeah, we need to stop shunning people. When oftentimes when we hear that folks have PTSD, we run in the other direction. Isn't that interesting? Uh, we don't necessarily mean to do that, but because of the negative you know, associations and the stigma uh, that is related to that, we don't want to be associated with it, so we typically what, run off. And you said something interesting, I think the parallels this also, is that people are created for community, not isolation, right? As you, you know, alluded to, is that one of the things that we learned is how much we do and indeed need people. You know, I know that there's a tourism ministry that you, you, know, you work with and the folks that you actually mentioned in some of the previous podcasts. So what, one of the things that uh, I remember you talking about some previous broadcasts is that you said that there's a prison ministry that you were working in uh, conjunction with. And if you look at the prison system, outside of the death penalty, the way in which they penalize inmates, the most devastating way in which they go about punishing them is they do what? Solitary confinement. Right. Because they know that we are people who are created for community. So if we really want to understand, as you said a moment ago, and I like the way you actually cleared it up, the understanding of the, you know, the pandemic and these kinds of things, but if we really, really want to understand the impacts of the, the PTSD and how that actually drives and motivates, you know, different people in different ways, we've really got to work together to get to where we are to where we need to be collectively and as a society, Parker, because this is not something we can get past in isolation. It's going to take a lot of work from different venues, you know, mental health workers, family members, uh, those that are in media, uh, businesses, you know, I mean, it is so unfortunate that oftentimes when those folks who are trying to employ people hear that folks have the PTSD diagnosis because they don't understand a lot about it. Oftentimes, those folks are not hired. So we've got a lot of work that we need to get done. You said something that I want to piggyback on. You said collectively. And using the analogy of the platoon, I was thinking about why are there so many divisions as we journey out of this pandemic. We have right wing, we have left wing. We have conservative, we have liberal, we have faith, we have non-faith. You have all these different groups fighting each other. What Mm. I find interesting is that even sometimes in the group, you feel isolated. So Mm. it's just me. And during the pandemic, that's when a lot of weird things happened, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term. And Mm -hmm. one of the most tragic that stayed with me, even after I heard it, was the man who killed his children because Mm -hmm. he thought they had serpent DNA and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. And I was thinking, how did he get to that point? How did that happen? Was it PTSD from the pandemic? And you're looking for something to connect to, to have some kind of union with. And so you follow this group who Mm -hmm. sound away. And I'm I'm not going to go into QAnon and all that. I'm just Mm -hmm. using it as an example. And you're connecting to that. 
And this group began to make more sense to him than his own actual experience with his family. And then Mm -hmm. he did that thing. And a lot of the friends of the family said, we never saw anything happening. We did Mm -hmm. not know. If we knew, we would not have let this happen. See? And I think because he felt alone, isolated, these people understand me, then you start to go down this rabbit trail of destruction. And sin, at the end of the day, is all about destruction. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about that as you were talking. So that brings me to my next point about not shunning each other, but also having to have the wherewithal to step back and say, hey, is what the group telling me legitimate? Mm -hmm. And right now, with all the misinformation and disinformation going around about everything, people can get overwhelmed and even have, maybe not on the same level as a soldier, but PTSD from overload. I don't Mm -hmm. know what to believe. Who Mm -hmm. is telling the truth? That could run someone ragged. So then that's what they do. They ignore it all. Or they go online and watch Bridgerton or something Mm. like that. Something (laughs) that could get me going. So let's stick to that about it's okay to have PTSD. It's okay to feel as if you're alone. It's even okay to have a group. But you have to have perspective. Yeah, boy, that's that's really good, right? A couple of things that jumped out at me, especially uh, the way you illustrated the the ones who actually harmed himself and his, his family. No matter where we go, no matter what we do, we're always looking to belong to something, to connect with something or someone. And I, I mean, being isolated is just really, 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 it's just a very devastating kind of deal. And we live in a society now where people are trying to figure out who they are and where they belong, where they're supposed to be. And when you have all those devices that are there that are dividing us, it's very difficult. I mean, I remember this past week, I mean, just you know, doing some things, and it was just information overload. Right? You don't know exactly whether it's up or down or whatever. That's when it's time to step back, take a knee, and breathe. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we really have got to learn how to do that real well. You know, even in combat, when soldiers are fighting, they can only endure that for so long. Part. So there's a period of time in which the military leaders will say, you know what? It is time for this soldier or these soldiers to take a break. And during war, we will send them forcibly on an R&R trip to take a knee, to relax, to move away from. They may have to come back and re-engage because this is, you know, this is where we are. But sometimes we need to do that in life. We don't need to. We, we've gotten so convinced that we've got to be going 100 miles an hour at all things at all times. And that in and of itself is just, you know, it just wears on us. And what's interesting, you know, we're adults. Let's look at the kids who are having to deal with this because the PTSD don't only impact adults. It That's impacts very true. children also. So here we are. We're raising a generation of children who are going through the kinds of experiences that we're having at very, very early ages. And, man, how are we going to actually deal with that as they grow and mature into adults? I totally neglected to mention how PTSD affects children but they are also seeing that as well increase from the pandemic. Yes. I, my own nephew, one of my nephews rather, said recently when he went to a doctor that he had hypertension, that he was close to hypertension. And you're thinking, how could you have hypertension? You're not that old to have hypert- hypertension. But 
it had a lot to do with not being able to do what he could do before the pandemic. He used to walk, hang out, and then all of a sudden you're isolated. You can't hang out with your friends anymore. The only way you can hang out is through virtual means, but even Mm -hmm. through the virtual means, it's not quite having, again, a tactile interaction. I can't touch you. I can't hug you. Oh, hey, what's going on? You know, hand clap you on the back, things of those nature, those touchy things that every human being needs, you know. Mm -hmm. So thank you for mentioning that because we do definitely want to address how PTSD can affect the children and they can feel as if they're failing. And then, you know, some parents say, well, how come you didn't get an A in English? You don't have a reason not to get an A because, and they can't even articulate what's going on in their brain. So thank you for mentioning that. So for our listeners out there, this topic is encompassing not just us as individuals, not just ourselves in groups, whatever that group is, not just the adults. It's everyone is affected by this, from the young kids to the older mm-hmm. ones, to the teens, to the young adults starting high school. So what we want to do in a few moments that we have left, George, I would love for you to pray for us and pray for those of us who are feeling as if failure is stopping them. And they may be experiencing PTSD. We want them to know that, first of all, it's okay accept it, go and get help, find resources, you're not alone. And we definitely want to pray for them too. So what I'm going to do is mute myself so you can go ahead and pray for us. Thank you for this uh, this opportunity, the Parker. Let us pray. Dear God, we just come to you this evening thanking you for this time of uh, fellowship. Heavenly Father, uh, man, you know, failure is a major, major topic within the confines of everyone's life. I just pray now that for the listening ear that's actually out there, I pray that they understand that failure is not the problem uh, when it comes to the PTSD. It's the stigma associated with that. Please give uh, those in listening ear, myself, uh, Parker, and those of us who would consider ourselves leaders of this world, the ability, the strength, divine guidance to help those who need the help when it comes to not only failure, but also uh, PTSD, you know, You've gone out and you've created an amazing, amazing being when it comes to, to people. Uh, you've given us the strength uh, that we require uh, to go and accomplish the kinds of things in which you've brought into our lives. You know, the Bible says that you don't give us the spirit of fear. So that doesn't come from you. So when people say that they are fearful of different things, they need to to take a step back and remember that, you know, that really is he that is in you than he that is actually in the world. And we're such, such strong beings. I just pray that those who need the help to hear this message, Lord, will be open to actually receiving it. I pray that you'll give Park and myself the, the wisdom and the guidance and the knowledge to be able to emulate and say the kinds of things that uh, those listening ears uh, need to hear. Uh, this is not only for uh, she and myself, but it's uh, for, for all of those who are present and who are listening to this. I just pray for divine wisdom, guidance, and strength in all that we do, all that we are, and all that you will have us to be and to become. In Jesus' name, I come with prayer. Amen. George, thank you as always for praying for us. And I just want to end, along with your prayer, just some common things that you can help rip apart about failure. Because we kind of spoke about it today, but I Mm. want you to go ahead from the very first book that got us, you know, talking together, failure is the beginning of your success. Go ahead. And for those of you who may be thinking, I have failed, George has something very interesting to tell you. First of all, failure doesn't exist. 
just because you're experiencing something or somebody has taught you that something exists doesn't necessarily mean that it actually exists. Now, like I talked about this a little bit ago, is that failure doesn't exist primarily because you don't even know failures are is available until you've actually been told that you've actually failed. So failure, if you want to get from where you are to where you're supposed to be, you've got to learn, understand, accept, and embrace the experiences. Oprah Winfrey says that failures are merely experiences, right? And that's all they really are. You know, your attitude will determine your altitude. So the way in which you see failure and experience failure and respond to failure, I have a formula that I have. It's F plus RR equals S. That's failure plus right response equals success. If you want success, then respond in the right sort of way. So it's not really about the failure. It's about how you respond. And lastly, I always remember that no matter whether you accept it or not, you are 100% responsibility for your life. Amen, George. Thank you so much. For those of you listening, if you like what he said here, you definitely want to pick up his book, Failure is Not the Problem. It's the beginning of your success. It also has a workbook attached to it as well. So you can dig deep down into this thing about failure. And when I first heard his words, I was really intrigued because you're taught to avoid failure at all costs. And some of us have been taught that failure is the end of our life. If we do fail, the next instant we're still breathing. (laughs) We're still moving. (laughs) We're still thinking, I failed. But it lets you know then, so failure is not the end of our life. It's an experience. And we can learn something from that experience. That's why he gave you the equation, failure, F-R-R-S, which is failure plus right response equals success. So there you go. And I know if that resonated with me, I know it resonated with you. That's why I asked George to come back with us today. He has a whole series planned for failure is not the problem. One of those topics is failure is not the problem. It's a relationship. We talked about that. I think in, oh, my gosh, 2020, probably, <laughs> February 2020, right before the lockdown. And yeah, then yeah. failure is not the problem. It's your PTSD. And there's one more that he has planned. He'll tell you about that at some later date when we have it back on the show. But, George, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for being with me today. Can't wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Oh, Parker, same here, man. This is always exciting to be able to, to visit with you uh, I get all this high-speed energy. I'm a high-energy kind of guy anyway. And so there are some folks who can take it to another level. <laughs> <laughs> you managed to do that. I really uh, am always excited to, uh, to talk to you. And God bless you so much for literally having this podcast and, and sharing with those that are out there uh, who are incarcerated or not, right? Your message is for all. Uh, and it is so, so precious, man, that um, uh, he is, a, you know, using you as a mouthpiece uh, to speak to the folks who are on this planet. Amen. God's will. This this whole thing has always been for him. As he gives Mm -hmm. me breath, I'll continue to do that. To our Mm -hmm. listeners out there, thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Parker J. Cole Show. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. And God bless. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.